Are you thinking about implementing your own smart home? Not sure of what you want to control or how to start? Do you want your smart home to respond to your voice like it does in the movies or television? Well, you found the right podcast, Tech Bytes with Ron Netter. As a best-selling author, speaker, and YouTuber, he will help you explore the different options available. And now, here's your host. Ron. Are you looking for a NAS system that has room to grow? Are you looking for a budget-friendly NAS? Do you want a NAS that's more than a NAS? Well, stay tuned, and I'm going to show you just such an option. Welcome to another edition of Tech Bytes with Ron Nutter, your home for all things relating to smart home technology. In this episode, we're going to talk about the four reasons, yes, there's four, to have Unraid in your smart home. Hi, I'm Ron Nutter, and we're going to be working on this together. This content is also available as an Amazon flash briefing or podcast. Please go to techbytes.runnutter.com for more information. For any items mentioned in this episode, there are affiliate links in the description. If you click on these links, I will get a small commission, but that won't affect the price you pay for the item. If you want to get notified when new content is uploaded, please click on subscribe and enable notifications. Well, here's what we're going to be covering in this video, and that's reasons you should have unrated in your smart home. First, it's not just a storage system. That's the way you start setting up, but trust me, it's more than that. It's easy to set up. Again, I'm going to show you how to do that. doesn't take that long. There's plugins you can add to increase the functionality, and you can even have virtual machines on it. But it's ready to grow as you want it to, and if you don't want to use some of these other features, that's up to you. But the potential is there. Depending on what you are doing for a living or how much time you spend on, on YouTube, you may or may not heard of Unraid. And the context that I had seen it in was Linus Tech Tips and some of the other large YouTube content creators, and they're getting these 45 drive systems that hold 60 drives and massive amount of storage. Well, I'm, I'm a little smaller channel, as you've seen by looking at some of my videos. There's some things that I just don't fit that need. So I hadn't looked at this, and boy, did I make a mistake, and I'll be the first one to admit that. Unrate has something in it for everybody. So let's switch over to, to the website. We can go into apps to start with. There's so much you can do. This is just beyond the storage. Now, there is a community apps plugin you will want to get installed when you set yours up. Trust me, once you get this up and running, you want to get this in right away because it's going to help open up a whole new world for you. And this just gives you a rough idea of what can be done. I'm even looking to use this as a security camera recorder using something called ZoneMinder, but that's another video. But this is easy to set up. Don't let some of the videos you've seen scare you. Now I'm going to switch over here to the box that I'm actually using. And this is a server that I got off Amazon. I think it's a Chenbrun 12,000. It was several years old, but you know what? That doesn't matter to me because it was $150 shipped to my door. You can start Unraid with as little as two drives. That's it, folks. Two drives. You don't have to be fancy. So you're going to have a dedicated parity drive, and then you would start off with one additional drive. Now I've got four drives here. Initially, I'm only only going to be using two, but I've gone ahead and put the other two in just in case. You're going to have to get some mounting screws and some rubber grommets, and I've got the, the listings for those in the description. So if you want to go with this option, you can. This is a Xeon CPU server, so it's got a good heat sink to it. I've got two eight gigabyte memory strips in it. As you see, it's got fans galore. Now this thing is going to be noisy when it first starts up, but once it figures out that everything's okay, it's going to throttle right back down, and you can walk by it, and you may not even know that it's on. So unless you're doing a lot of things with it. The cabling, this is one of the big things. I've dealt with enterprise systems over the years. The cabling in this is labeled. Somebody was thinking here when they did this one. And these are, once you slide these in and there's, uh, where's the, there's the tab. So that helps keep them locked in, but these things are not moving and they're, you know, they're 
very firmly in there. Now, this is not a hot swap system, and that's not a big deal, and here's why. You pay a lot for hot swap. Most of us don't need that. I have no problems with shutting the array down, changing out the bad drive, spinning it back up, and starting the rebuilding or resilvering, pick your verbiage there, to get things up and running. These were less than $50 a piece, brand new, now, these are what I call desktop drives. The way I'm using this is going to be as a cold storage. I'm going to turn it on, back things up to it, and then turn it off. And this is one of several RAID systems I've got because RAID by its own nature is not a backup system. But once you have multiple NAS systems, you have that functionality because what's the likelihood you're going to have more than one system fail at the same time? Not likely. Now, you can always go to the higher-end drives, but I'm trying to keep this budget-friendly. This server was, like I said, $150 delivered to my door. Each one of these drives is 50 bucks. I've got about $60 in the memory. You can add more, but I'm just trying to keep this to get things up and running and not break the bank. Something to think about. This one has VGA on it. Well, who has a VGA monitor around? I know I don't. Let's go back here. And this is the little adapter I got off Amazon. It plugs into the VGA port, gives you HDMI, and you get one of your spare wall warts hanging around and you can't plug it in the server. It will not have enough power to bring it up. But this got it, at least with the server I've got, this got it to where I could get it up and running. So that's just one little trick. This is about 12 bucks. Trust me, I almost had another monitor ordered that had VGA on it. This was far cheaper and you never know when you're going to need it. Let's move on to getting the setup started. Part of what you want to think about while you're doing the setup is what kind of license key you need to have. Now initially you can start out with a 30 day free trial, full functionality, nothing's handicapped on this. And there's three basic models. You can start out with the $59 basic license, which will get you up to six drives. At $89, they get you up to 12. Now that will be the most this chassis that you've seen me show in here is going to handle, but that's fine. And I could go to the $129 one, which if you're going to get one of the larger servers that holds the 45, 60 drives, whatever, you're going to have to have that license. But $59, I can deal with. And you can always upgrade the license. And it's a there's a little bit of a premium for doing it after the fact, but it's not outrageous. That's going to be easy enough said to done. You'll want to go ahead and click on the download and get that down. And once you get that up and running, you will have the USB flash drive creator. We'll just plug it in here and it will find our drive here in just a second. I would stay on the stable channel. You can select back versions if you want to for some reason for Unraid, but I would go with the 692 release. Make sure it's got your drive listed and then click on write. Yes, it's going to erase the drive and go on. You want to make sure on your when you select your flash drive, make sure it's USB 2.0. Do not get 3.0 or 3.1. There are some known issues where Unraid's seeing some reliability issues. Get something like one of these little USB nubs. I got 64 gig ones, you can probably get by with eight gigs because it's not going to take that much storage space. So this is something handy to have. I haven't seen a way yet to have mirrored boot flashes, but you certainly can back the configuration up once you get things up and running. And this takes just a few minutes to do. Wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of keep this sitting in the background. Obviously not loaded, but you're ready to go. See, at this point, you're ready to get the ball rolling. That's just a very basic install. What I would suggest you do is click your customize button because then you can change your name here. You can always change it later, but you can change it here before you get started. And so in my case, I'll just call this unrate test. Whether you want to go DHCP or static, I would encourage you to go static. That way, in case your DHCP server is not responding, is not up, you can still get to this system. And then you can put in your IP address gateway, your DNS server. This is a critical one to think about. 
about allowing UEFI boot, and here's why. UEFI boot is the newer way of booting into storage systems. Now, I've set, I'm on my second Unraid server. The first one, I clicked this, and that was what it took to get it to install, because if the flash drive is not booting up, then you've got to look at your BIOS setup, which by default probably is not going to allow you to boot from USB drive. So this is where you'll want to turn it on the first time with this installed, and that's where you'll need our little VGA to HDMI adapter to help make the process easier for you. Make sure you've got it towards booting off USB drive. That's all I had to do was enable booting off USB drive and changing the order, but that's, that's not a big deal. If it's a server or even a desktop computer should be able to run Unraid. Granted, you won't be able to put a lot of drives into it. If it's a newer system, it's probably going to be set up for UEFI boot. The server you just saw me shoot a picture of a little earlier didn't come that way. It was a little bit older system. But I went into BIOS, enabled UEFI boot. That way, all my Unraid systems are going to boot the same way, just to keep things simple. So make sure you click that, fill in the rest of the information, click right, and then you're good to go. Then you'll pull the USB drive out, put it in the system you're going to run Unraid on. Then you'll be ready to be up and running. Once you've gotten past the licensing screen, first thing you'll want to go do is select a parity drive. So I'll just go to the bottom of the list. There's no right or wrong way. You can be the first drive or last drive or whatever drive you pick. Then we will pick up a data drive. You can always add later and it's very easy to do this. I'm just going with a two drive system to, to get you started. So we'll click on start and then proceed. And for the first drive, even with the two terabytes, it took four hours to do the first drive. Now, if you set up the whole system at once, then obviously it's going to take longer. It could probably take up to 10 to 12 hours to, to get up to the four drives that I've got set up. But this is just, we're going to get up and running at this point. At this point, we're about an hour into the parity building process. And I came back and checked and noticed that it's giving an error saying the drive for the first disk that we're going to use is unmountable, unsupported partition layout. Well, we can fix that easily. If you notice down here under the array operations, it says unmountable disk present gives you the disk information, but you can't click on anything. So you'll go over here and click on yes, then come back over here on format. It should be through here in just a little bit, and then we should get a little bit better process or progress rather on the array creation process because the parity drive was trying to gather information from disk one and because it wasn't formatted because early on when we first started this there wasn't a formatting option that we had to wait for it to kind of get to a certain point and this is just where when you first get this up and running it's going to take a little bit of time to get the initial drives set up that you go with let's go here to dashboard okay so it still goes there see it said 152 errors i'm not worried about that at this point because we didn't have a drive that wasn't formatted. And you can always tell when it's busy doing something because you'll see the different threads or CPUs kicking in at different points in the process. So that's a good idea when, or good indication of what's going on. Now see at this point, it has finished formatting and we should start seeing a lot more progress now on the array process. And you can see going down here, we, we suffered a little bit of setback, but at this point, I think we're going to be just fine. It's waiting for the process process to complete and let's face it in today's world of instant gratification we all want it now it's just going to take some time now while we're going through that process a couple of things that you may want to think about doing if we go down here settings we'll go to settings display settings and if you go down here and 
to temperature unit. If you're used to reading things in Fahrenheit, then change it there, click apply. Then where you'll see that go a bit different is when you go here to the main tab, it will report things in Fahrenheit instead of centigrade. We will go here to users and you'll click on root. That's the one you're using right now. And you will want to go through and set up a password because initially it doesn't prompt you for anything, at least in the ones I've set up. But if you don't have a password set, then you can't do remote access. So we'll come back here in a little bit once it has completed building the array right now it's about 30 percent through it's saying it's about three hours plus or minus and then we'll be able to go ahead and get a base setup done to where you can start putting files on it and seeing where to go from there about four hours later and as you can see the triangle beside the parity drive indicating there was a problem has now resolved itself disk one is fully online and estimated finish in terms of the syncing process has or the array building process has completed so now really to get this up and running all we've got to do is one more thing we'll go over to shares add a share we'll call this media i'm decided what the file names of some of my shares are going to be so this will we're going to okay we'll click on add a share once we've added the share then you'll see the smb settings and i've already gone in at one point and set that up so we'll say export security public which means there is no security so, so for the purposes of this you know we're not going to enable that now to get SMB set up you'll go over here into settings SMB and you'll see by default it says work group you can get this into a domain if you want to but I figure most of us that are working in a home lab situation may not have that set up but if you do you know where to go and you can do everything you need to from here so at this point and we'll make sure that the shares is showing and there's media okay so that's set to go we're not using a cache drive well not at this point anyway so we will go here and open up that there we go there's unraid rack one and now it's got to go out and discover what shares are there okay and we've got that so we'll go to map network drive we will call it drive m for media reconnect it sign in now we should be able to get through here it should take just a second to connect okay that has now gone away if we go back up here there's media so media is map file explorer download and now since i'm running it full gig we should be able to copy over and this is copying straight into the root so uh, you you'll want to get your own directory structure set up okay and there everything's starting to move over so as you can see that's all it takes to to get it set up now i'm going to stop this for right now because we're actually going to do some other things in a bit now this has just been a base system to get it up and running you've got the apps which you'll there will be the link to for the plugin so you can get this added in very quickly and this will make getting the process done as you can see there are some of them that will set up a docker container uh, there's a little more setup that's got to be done but you can see easily what needs to to happen and if you see something that you're interested in but you don't want to install it right then then just click on the little pin icon and that will get it in over here to the pin apps area so when you go back and start adding some other things that you won't have to go through all the searching process you may find you need to add some more memory but that's going to be something that you can start seeing what you need to do by going through the main dashboard maybe some of the main settings and it's all in what's going to work best for you if you're watching this on YouTube, you will see videos on the screen that are similar to the ones you've just watched or other content that YouTube thinks you might be interested in. If this video helps you or provides value, please click on that like button, thumbs up. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please click on subscribe now and enable notifications. We'll see you in the next episode.
Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Tech Bites with Ron Nutter podcast. If you know someone who's interested in creating their own smart home, please share this show with them. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave us a review. Have questions? Contact Ron at questions at techbyteswithronnutter.com. He looks forward to sharing more incredible insights on the next episode.